Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Waters! Oh. Washington, Oregon State is one of the bangers this weekend in the top 25. It's a banger. Oregon State has been really good. Washington, of course, unbeaten. Michael Penix, a part of the Heisman talk and. Uh, this one, of course, also has ramifications when it comes to the Pac-12 and who plays for the conference championship. We'll have Dave Softy Mahler here uh, in just one moment. Let's go ahead and put those awards up if you uh, have time, Garrett. Let's uh, let's start with the Outland Trophy. No, that's okay, the Horning Trophy. This is for the best, kind of the multidimensional player um, that does a little bit of everything. And if you see the, the, the graphics, one of them is Travis Hunter. He's played pretty much every position for Colorado, cornerback, slot, and wide receiver. Craig, uh, you're going to have to help me with the name because I know he was pretty good. Cameron Skidabo from Arizona State. Uh, he is a running back, wildcat quarterback, and also the punter for the Sun Devils. And then uh, one other name that is on this list. I just saw the name. I had the entire press release. Hold on. You're getting frustrated with me. That's fine. Show, uh, Sione Vaki of Utah. Uh, He, we know what he's done. We talked, in fact, uh, about what Utah's done with him in the running game, also a defensive player. Those are the three finalists for the Horny Award. Craig, if you had a vote, who would you vote for? Um, Man, I think I'd go uh, and lean uh, Vaki here, uh, just based on what we've seen. Uh, He's been tremendous as a dual threat, and so, yeah, I mean, Travis Hunter earlier in the year would have been the the trendy pick to make. I don't know. Um, I think just with the way they've kind of fallen off and he was hurt and all of that. But uh, Vaki's the one that jumps out to me. Skidabo as well is it's a, a good one too. But uh, Vaki's the one that I've, I've been really impressed by. So I'm going to go Sione Vaki. Uh, Dave, Softy, if you had to pick the, the Horning Award finalist, uh, you have Skidabo, Vaki, and also Travis Hunter. You've seen some of them. Who would you take? Oh, God. Well, Vaki didn't do anything against us. Uh, Scadabo was a problem against Washington. He is really hard to bring down, man. I mean, Travis Hunter, you know, yeah, he goes both ways, but is he a superstar on the defensive side of the ball? Is he a superstar on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, okay, so a guy's going both ways, but is he really making a gigantic impact on one side of the ball or the other? I would say he makes much more of an impact on, on offense than he does on defense, at least from what I've seen, because the Buffalo defense is freaking awful. So the fact that he goes both ways doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, I mean, as far as guys that played UW, Scadabo definitely was the hardest one to, to, to bring down for sure. Absolutely. All right. So the Huskies remain, UW remains unbeaten. Uh, Penix right there in that top of the, the, the conversation for the Heisman Trophy. Oregon State is favored. In this yep. game, uh, this is uh, this is a handful for both teams. Your thoughts about this one? Well, there's no doubt it's going to be a handful, and I love the fact that Oregon State is the favorite in this game, and the Huskies love that too. It's the first time all year long they've been an underdog, and 
Demarcus Shepard, the wide receivers coach who came to Washington from Purdue. He, he loves it. He's been barking all week long about how great it is that UW is the underdog and everyone thinks we suck and our receivers are terrible and blah, blah, blah. He wants his players to think that. He's getting sick and tired of all the accolades and all the nice things and praise that people are saying about the Husky football team. So he's been barking about that being a great thing all, all, all week long. He went on the air the other day and said that when they get to Reeser Stadium in Corvallis, he wants the fans to start telling the players how fat their girlfriends are and how stupid their parents are. He wants them to fire them all up for the game on Saturday. So I think from an underdog perspective, that's definitely something that UW can play up for the first time all year. Softy, I know that uh, Kalen DeBoer did not answer the question as emphatically as Dan Lanning did when yeah. everybody brings up Texas A&M. Was part of that just politicking on his part so that the NIL gets the boost that he wants it to get and, and all those other things that he's been trying to get uh, UW to do? You're talking about the A&M job, is that right? Yes. Or any job? A&M in particular because that's the 800-pound gorilla. Yeah. I just don't think that DeBoer is A&M – um, well, first of all, he's obviously a phenomenal coach. I was going to say he's not a and material, but that's that's not what I'm trying to say. He he's not a right he, he he's not the fit for College Station guys. He's just not. I mean, if you Dave, guys, if you were hanging around Kalen DeBoer, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. He's he's kind of an introvert in some ways, if you can believe that or not. He's a phenomenal guy. I mean, dude, the guy has been awesome to work with. I can tell you stories about Kalen DeBoer versus other coaches I've worked with. The uh, the lack of an ego compared to Jimmy Lake, for example, is just night and day. I mean, he, he is like the anti-Jimmy in so many ways, right? Um, he's an offensive guy. Jimmy was a defensive guy. But just from a, from a standpoint of how you treat people and how he treats his assistant coaches and his players and the media, polar opposite of Jimmy Lake. And I, I just don't see him as the right fit for Texas A&M. If the Michigan job came open, yes, to me, that's a great spot for him. Uh, if the Ohio State job, a, a kind of Midwest gig, if he had any interest in the Michigan State job, something like that. He, you know, he was at Eastern Michigan, which is like an hour and a half away from Ann Arbor. So if there was ever a job like that that came open, I could see him potentially one day leaving and taking off. But as long as UW can get him bumped up to make him one of the top 15, 20 highest paid coaches in the country, I don't see him leaving. And Troy Dannon is the new AD. He's already been on it. You know, negotiations have already begun. Uh, one thing that does kind of concern me a little bit is he's got a new agent, and his name is Jimmy Sexton. You guys know who that is, obviously. He's the mm -hmm. Scott Boris of college football. So having that guy represent you is a little bit concerning. But I think as long as the Huskies take care of Caleb DeBoer and as long as they take care of the staff, I, I don't see him leaving anytime soon unless a job like Michigan ever came over. Jimmy Sexton is the guy who made that Jimbo deal. So yeah, That's right. And guys, how about this? How about if I would have told you seven years ago that Steve Sarkeesian has a job in the state of Texas, but Jimbo Fisher doesn't? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we would. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, we would have questioned. We would have questioned you, Softy. Softy Mahler, KJR Radio in Seattle, with his three sixty five Sports. So, Softy, uh, what's the balance of emotions like from excitement to uh, anxiety when it comes to uh, the big game coming up this weekend? Uh, Oregon State's been slight favorites odds wise all week long. Obviously, they're a, a, a crazy good team at home at Research Stadium. Just uh, what are the thoughts, especially when the Huskies are knocking on the door? the end of the game here yeah well you guys know as well as i when you're 10 and 0 and number five in the country you're nervous for every game you play it doesn't matter who you're playing for god's mm -hmm. sakes right they could be playing 
a high school team and I'd be nervous for God's sake. So that's number one, because UW has everything to lose. And when you get to this point, man, there's no looking back. It's final four busts, right? For Michael Penix, it's Heisman Trophy, at least being in the room, I think, or bust in New York City. I just booked my ticket for New York, by the way, yesterday in case Mike makes the set, makes the final cut. So I'll, I, I got to get my ass out there if he makes it, man. First time since 91, we've had a guy in the room for the Heisman Trophy if number nine can get there. But, yeah, I mean, Oregon State's good, right? They lost to Arizona, lost to Washington State. They got the 73rd best passing defense in America. And that gives me a little bit of hope that I think the weakness of the Oregon State defense plays to the strength of the Husky offense which is their passing game, obviously. And on top of that, guys, UW has something now that they didn't have a month ago, and that's a run game. Dylan Johnson went down to L.A. and put 256 on USC. USC's defense is terrible, but then he backed it up with another 100-yard game against Utah last Saturday, and Utah's defense is stout. So all of a sudden, UW is going to be able to bring a running game along with that passing game down to Corvallis. Softy, is uh, everything from this point on a must-win for everybody involved to get to the Pac-12 title and be a part of the conversation to play in the college football playoff? Well, the Pac-12 championship, no. They can lose a game and still make the Pac-12 championship game. Some people think they can lose a game and still make the Final Four. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm buying that, guys. I think the lack of respect for Washington by the committee is freaking obvious. I mean, putting them behind Florida State is a joke, absolute joke. UW's got three wins over top 25 teams, including one over number six Oregon. Florida State has one win over six and three LSU, and that was in the opener. Their resume doesn't even come close to comparing to Washington. And you know what? As a matter of fact, guys, not only should we be barking about UW and Florida State, we should be bitching about UW and Michigan. Look at Michigan's resume compared to Washington. It's not even comparable what those two teams have done. So I'm just going by the committee's rankings. And the committee's rankings say that Washington has a much better resume than Florida State or Michigan. Georgia, no problem. Ohio State, fine, whatever, no problem. But Washington, not only should they be four, I can make a hell of an argument. They should be number three for crying out loud. So the fact that they're number five makes me think that UW will lose all ties, guys, with the committee. I think the entire country is waiting for Washington to lose a game. Some folks think it'll happen this Saturday. Other folks think it'll happen in two weeks in the rematch against Oregon in Las Vegas. But they're getting, they're like Rodney Dangerfield, man. They're getting no respect at all. None. Well, the Michigan Ohio State thing will work itself out for everybody. Correct. But, As will UW Oregon. Everything yeah. will work itself out. But what does that even mean? Yeah. Okay, then why have rankings? I mean, honestly, if this whole thing works itself out, then what are we even doing here? Just wait until the end of the year and then tell me how it all worked out. If we're going to have rankings in the middle of November, why not do them right? Yeah, but then oh, there would be Sof- no Softy's, show. Softy's experiencing what we experienced <laughs> yeah, with yeah, Baylor yeah, at the very yeah. beginning of the playoff. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no. I, I yeah. get it. I get it, man. Just, you know, complete. And there's a perception about the Pac-12. There really is that I think people have not gotten over that the conference stinks. And they don't stink anymore, no. but people think they stink, and I think that plays into people's brains. Dave Softy Mahler with us, KJR Radio in Seattle, Oregon State, Washington this weekend, and a lot to get to. We'll discuss that the next two or three days. Right, man. You know, I'm sitting here getting ready to go on the air. You guys got me all fired up. (laughs) Unbelievable, man. Softy, you're in Pac-12 country, obviously. Uh, What is the buzz on Chip Kelly right now? What do you think should happen there? 
Well, he's 33 and 33 in six years at UCLA, so you tell me. I mean, <laughs> and, and he's making a lot of money, right? I mean, here's the, here's the cool thing for Chip Kelly. He's at a basketball school. He's not at a football school. Have you seen some of the crowds at the Rose Bowl for some of UCLA's games? I think there's more people in your studio than there are at UCLA home games. It's uh, insane how how few people give a damn about UCLA football. So, look, I think in the end he's likely going to get let go. Uh, I know I know Wilner, John Wilner thought the report was a bit premature, and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But he, he didn't hire Chip Kelly six years ago to go 33 and 33 over 66 games. I think he's won one bowl game since he's been there at UCLA and the offense, you know, whatever he was running at Oregon, whatever he was running with the Eagles and the 49ers has kind of been figured out. And you would think that Chip Kelly would have a blue chip five-star quarterback on his roster. They got three guys and don't even know which one's the best one. They got a transfer from UW and Ethan Garbers that couldn't even play here. And now he can't even play at UCLA. Dante Moore, the hot shot young guy isn't turning into what people thought he was going to turn into. So I think in the end, it's only a matter of time before Chip's out the door and they hire somebody else. Softy, uh, what's the conversation like surrounding the uh, legal battle going on right now with Oregon State, Washington yeah. State? Uh, obviously, there was a new, another uh, well, the stay today, so that uh, just keeps kind of uh, taking this thing down the tracks, and Oregon State, Washington State aren't going to be able to start spending all that money that they you know, were technically right. uh, given the other day or awarded the other day. So there's some things to play out, but just what's your stance on, on this legal battle and, and how long you right. could foresee this going on? Well, let me ask you a question. Have, have either one of you guys ever been divorced? Yes. Okay. Well, then you know what happens when you get divorced. You got to split it all up, right? I got divorced. I had to split it all up, you know? Whether I wanted to get divorced or my wife wanted to get divorced, it didn't matter. If somebody wants out, everything gets split up, at least in our state. I got no idea how you do things in Texas, by the way. But in Washington, it's 50-50, baby. Everything gets, everything gets split up. So that's what this is. It's a divorce. Right? I mean, you got you got 10 teams that are walking away, and whatever money is left over should be split up evenly among everybody. And I get that Oregon State and Washington State need the money more so than UW or USC or Oregon. That totally makes sense. And you want to bring out your moral compass and play the moral ground and say, let's give Oregon State and Wazoo a little bigger piece of the pie because they're staying in the Pac-12 and they're keeping the kids and they're keeping the house and they're going to have all the bills to pay. Okay, fine. Whatever, but the idea that Oregon State and, and Wazoo are going to split that money up 50-50 and teams like UW and Oregon are getting nothing, I, I, I just don't see that. I don't, I don't think it's right, and it's not going to happen like that. But Oregon and uh, or State and Wazoo, I think, are going to end up basically morphing into a Pac-12 with the Mountain West team when it's all said and done. And they're going to be hurting financially, guys. There's no question. Their, their media revenue is going to drop big time in their next contract. Uh, Softy, last thing for me, Oregon State, I've watched all these teams in the Pac-12 because they've been so entertaining. They're also, a lot of them are very good and Heisman candidates too. Right. Oregon State, when it comes to like the physicality, to, to play in tough, I know they can put up points or whatever. Is this one of the teams in the big tw- uh, the Pac-12 that might be one that is a grinder the way Utah has been the last couple of years? Yeah. Yeah, they had that going against Utah, and you know what? They had a guy, I'm not sure if you guys caught this or not, Alfonso Tupatala, he's a local guy, linebacker, wears number 11. He picked off Bryson Barnes, he ran it back, and then dropped the ball at the one-yard line, right? Yeah. Like Deshaun Jackson. You know, he pulled a he pulled a Leon Lett without Steve Tasker there to knock the ball away, and it was embarrassing. But my point is this, 
if he just holds that ball for another half a second and crosses the goal line, uh, that's a 40-28 to 28 win for UW against Utah over the weekend, and they double the spread against the Utes, man. So, you know, Arizona State, same thing. Um, Arizona, Jeremy Bernard doesn't fumble at the two-yard line. They win that game going away against the Wildcats. USC, Penix doesn't have a ball that gets tipped by a six foot five linebacker to start the first drive of the second half, and they go up 14 points. They may have run USC out of the building last Saturday in the Coliseum. So it's the little things that are keeping UW from blowing these teams out. But the cool thing is is that now they know how to win, and they can play any style of game, whether it's the Oregon game or the USC game or a grind-out game against Utah. Uh, they've done it all. We'll see if they can do it again on Saturday. And by the way, vote Penix for the Heisman Trophy. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Dave Softy Mahler, KJR Radio in Seattle. That's a great game to watch, Oregon State, Washington. Uh, and thank you for your time, Softy. Have a great, great weekend. Always full throttle with your hair on fire. Uh, thanks for his time. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.